This is Behold, a VBC podcast. Our goal is to examine biblical truth that will better equip you to behold the glory of the Lord more fully in your daily life. And without further ado, here is the Behold podcast. Well, hello there and welcome to the Behold podcast, dear listener, beholder, however you want to be referred to. Whatever you self-identify as. Oh boy, get that out of here. This is Sean and my dear friend who identifies as Daniel Gillette here today. That's truth. Here I am in the flesh with you uh, separated by glass for some reason. I guess somebody has to be in here to keep an eye on things. That's a good point. You're usually in there with a friend, but now you're just by yourself. How's it feel? All by myself. That's how I feel about it. Wow. That was nice. Thank you. Little uh, late 90s uh, action there. If you know that, do you, do you know who wrote that song? If you do, let us let us know. We'd love to hear from you. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> well, hey, y'all. This is a, uh, hopefully it'll be, we say this sometimes, then it's not totally true. But I'm going to say it in faith anyways. Yes. I think this will be a shorter episode this week. You know, Dan and I are, are here, just the two of us, and really just wanted to chew a little bit on some exciting things that happened in this last week, and then also just a couple of truths that we're chewing on uh, together this week. So that said, Dan, what's one thing that happened last week that you want to talk about? I wanted to just give a, a mad shout out to all the people who came to both of our campuses on Thursday. Last week, it was the National Day of Prayer. Yeah. And we had our prayer room here at the Crossing Campus open all day. And then we had some uh, some faithful prayer warriors stationed at the Altamont campus. And I know some people came through to just to seek God and to contend for our nation and our tri-valley and our cities. And um, it was just a powerful time. We had people all throughout the day organize their schedule, make it a priority, come down and, and we really got after it here. I mean, it was, it was, it was just a powerful time. Um, a lot of, you know, we've been doing our prayer room for about three months now, and there's a pretty solid core of people that come through and they were there, but then there were some new faces as well. And so I hope, I hope it was encouraging for all of you guys. And I hope it's something that we'll just kind of continue to grow um, as we just kind of invest more time and energy into corporate prayer. And um, I think a highlight for me Extol was just so amazing. I mean, the, the place was packed out. Um, there was just so much um, just praise and love and worship and gratitude just oozing from our people in the building. And we had these different prayer responses that we did. And And if you've been to the Crossing Campus, if you came on Sunday, uh, you would have seen the... the, the um, kind of some of the, the physical remainders of that because we haven't yet cleaned them up. We're trying to figure out what to do with, we're going to keep one of them, um, which I'll just talk about that now. So we, we basically had some amazing talented artists and builders from VBC put together this massive map of the Tri-Valley and they painted some landmarks and just major roads and where our two campuses are. And and what we wanted to do is just spend time praying for our neighborhoods, the, the families that we know there, um, the businesses or the schools that are in the area and, you know, just people we have relationships with that we want them to experience the love of Jesus. And um, so we just invited people to go up to the map and with, with like a little thumbtack, just mark where their neighborhood is 
and just offer up some prayers, you know, to intercede for their neighborhood. And it was so cool because by the end of the night, we had this map with just all of these different neighborhoods represented. Yeah. And it was just kind of cool to just visually see, wow, these are, we, we, we went to the father on behalf of all of these neighborhoods and just believing that God's going to do great things through that. And so we want to try to do something, you know, artistic and save that thing. So stay tuned. But I was really super encouraged by people's response and just their willingness to get out of their seat and walk over there and, and, and really offer up those prayers. Yeah, definitely. And I would echo all those things you said. It was just a, a sweet time together, you know, and I spoke to a couple of people after extol and said some things, you know, was like, uh, Oh, it was such a powerful time or mm -hmm. such a, you know, um, an amazing time or such a um, life-giving time. Life-giving time, yeah. yeah. And, uh, and I totally agree with that. And I just want to specify that, like, what was so powerful about it to me was just seeing people who, who seem to be humble before the Lord and eager to just bring life before him, you know, and pray yeah. to him and pray for his help and all those things. And it just a good spirit and attitude of unity and an attitude of just uh, humility before God and open-handedness before who he is, you know. See, I just loved the time together. And yeah, so always encouraging to see new people, which is yeah. really cool. Mm -hmm. And I even noticed that uh, yesterday, this week's prayer room seemed to be a couple people who hadn't been in past weeks yeah. from, from that. And I was thinking about this as you're talking. Tell anyone who's listening who has never been to the prayer room what it is, because it sounds like it's like a dark room in the building. You know what I mean? Like, and you just go what, and you just pray yeah. in the corner. <laughs> what, yeah. What's the prayer room? Yeah, so so it's just an opportunity that we've carved out in the week for for corporate prayer. And Usually the structure is um, we have a, a team of musicians that are committed to um, just kind of creating an atmosphere of, of worship and of reflection, you know, with their instruments and with their voices. And so for the hour, it's kind of, it's kind of really, I call it like a Holy Spirit jam session, <laughs> right? Because us musicians, we just kind of, um, we just kind of plug in and we just start playing music, you know, and what we're trying to do is really just kind of, um, create a place where, where prayers, where prayer can happen and then where we can respond to the prayers that are, are, are offered up. And so usually what that looks like is we have a number of prayer leaders who will come up in front of the group and on a certain theme or rooted in a, in a particular scripture, they'll basically, you know, just offer up a prayer and there's music playing softly underneath and and then what we do is we'll we'll either respond you know w with with some quiet reflection or we'll sing something spontaneous based off of that prayer or we'll go into one of the songs that we have we have planned or maybe a song we didn't have planned mm. and so really it's 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 about hearing these prayers agreeing with them offering up similar prayers as you listen and, and then responding with, with praise. So it's, you know, it's really focused on the prayers that are offered up and then the music really supports that. And then is it allows you to respond to, to that. And it's just this really just amazing hour. I mean, it goes by like that because it's just so, it's such a sweet um, focus on just the Lord and what he can do and what we are hoping he will do. And what we are thanking him for what he's done. And, you know, sometimes we'll, we'll ask if there's anybody who, um, 
wants prayer for healing, you know, for physical, emotional, spiritual, something. Um, sometimes we'll pray in groups. Sometimes we'll pray kind of rapid fire. Like people just from their seat will shout stuff out. When the team was leaving for Ukraine, we invited them and up to front and we all laid hands on them. Um, you know, one of the, one of the things we're going to do in the next couple of weeks is we're all going to take a little prayer room field trip down the hall to the, the children's ministry area that is going to be opening up soon. And we're just, we just want to lay hands on the rooms and pray for the, for what God's going to do in that area with our kids. So yeah, that's kind of, it's corporate. It's, it's a lead time from, from 12 to one it's guided with music. And then from one to two, it's people just linger, you know, um, or people will come in and just have, it's a, it's a time for you to just have some reflective devotional prayer. You can pray your prayer list. You can maybe show up with a buddy and you guys pray together. You can just sit and just be with God. Um, you can go through your Bible study, whatever. So that's kind of how we've been doing it. And we've, we've been doing it every Tuesday, starting at 12 for three months, I think now. So if you haven't come, that's what it is. And we would love to see you there. Um, you know, see if you can play hooky from work for one day. <laughs> we do it every Tuesday. So it doesn't, you don't have to come every Tuesday, but if there's a way for you to, to finagle your schedule, get it, get out there. And then we're also working. I don't know if I'm allowed to say this right now, but we're working on, on a stream as well. Cause I know a lot of people, maybe like a dozen people I've talked to that have said, Hey, they would watch from work, they would take their lunch break and, and, and basically be with us, you know, remotely and, and pray alongside us. So if that's you and you're, you're into that, um, stay tuned. Yeah. I just want to say, you know, the, the, there's something, cause you might be thinking, Oh, I pray on my own already, you know, yeah. or I, yeah. I sing on Sundays with you all, you know, but there's something beautiful about music because, um, there's just not a lot of other like avenues that we have as humans to be expressing the same thought in the same way at the same time together. Yeah. And that's what music does for us is we can put words on the screen and sing them all together at the same time. Unless we're all like, you know, Gregorian chanting from a book or something. Which could be cool. Maybe we'll do that one day. Which could be cool. The Christians did it for thousands of years, right? <laughs> but but now the, 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 that avenue is music. That's how we do that. It's how we have yeah. unity together in, in prayer. And so that's kind of the point. It's not, oh, just come and sing. It's, hey, let's come and let's have the same heart of prayer together through music, through through praying. And yeah, just the, the, the fellowship that, that builds, the unity that expresses before the Lord. And I think there is something special, even in our own hearts, as we're with other people in the same room praying for the same things. I think the Holy Spirit uses that to encourage us, to convict us, to do, to do all kinds of things. And yeah, I was thinking about, as you were just talking about the prayer room, in Revelation 7, you know, after the scroll's been opened. Yeah. And it's just uh, this amazing moment where, you know, thousands from every tribe, all peoples, all nations are bowing before the, the lamb who mm-hmm. opened the scroll. Yeah. And what do they do? It doesn't say, and then they all prayed their own prayer to God, right? No, it <laughs> says right. they all cried out in a loud voice, salvation belongs to our God who sits on the throne and to the lamb of God. Sounds like corporate prayer to Sounds me. Sounds like they said something together, yeah, right? Yeah. So anyways, it, it was a great way for us to be able to experience that same kind of unity and worship mm-hmm. um, together. And both, you know, souls are kind of a similar thing, but yeah. just, yeah, we love doing it together. So we invite you to come. Yeah. And, and it's kind of, it's kind of a newer thing, obviously. And, and even just this style of corporate prayer is newer for, for VBC where, where it's like, Hey, someone is going to pray a burden that they have on their heart, you know, from, from the front. And then you get to like, listen and decide, do I agree with that? 
And, and can I unify my heart and say yes and amen with that prayer and then pray off of that. Right. And, and it, it does that. It's, it's that, it's that picture in, in revelation of, you know, somebody, I don't know, like maybe they just all like somehow supernaturally knew what to say all together. Mm-hmm. Or maybe somebody said, Hey, let's say this together. You know, maybe it was, it was guided and led. I don't know. But, um, you know, that's kind of what we're, what we're going for is like, it's, it's an opportunity for us to come together and, and, you know, Jesus says when two or three are gathered in my name, I'm there. Um, and, and not that he's not there every other time. Cause we know that the Bible teaches his glory fills the, the earth, you know, and his presence is everywhere. He's, he's omnipresent. So what Jesus is saying is that I'm there in a, in a unique way when you are there together in unity praying in my name. So that's, that's what we're getting after. And we'd love for you to come join us. Love it. Yeah. Every Tuesday, every Tuesday, baby. 12 to one. Yep. Signs still outside right now. I think okay. So that said that out of the way. Yeah. Super encouraging week last week. Um, and then from Sunday, you know, Randy spoke here right at the crossing. Yeah. I think there's one thing from his teaching that you really appreciated that I listened to you talk about it. I love that's going to be our one thing for this, this week on, on behold, so give a little uh, description of what that is, and we'll dig into it. Yeah. So Randy just went over three verses from 2 Corinthians 4, 13 through 15, and he ended just with this point about verse 15, and I'll just read it, read verse 15. It says, uh, all, all of this ministry, all of this influence, all of this um, stuff I'm talking about, Paul says, is for your sake, so that as grace extends to more and more people, it may increase thanksgiving to the glory of God. And... Randy, what, what he was encouraging us with is just asking us, what is our ultimate motivation for our life? What, what is the thing that, that drives us? And so like, if we were going to write this verse 15, right? Um, it is all for what? All for your, Mm. your, um, 401k. It's all for your, uh, your kids, right? Your whole life is just about serving your kids and, and getting them to, to Harvard or wherever they want to go. Mm-hmm. Um, or it's all for my, uh, my, my career or, or my hobbies or, or whatever. Um, what, what's the thing that's driving you, you know, S- success, prestige, money, whatever. For Paul, it's very clear. He's like, this is, this is all for your sake. So, and, and why? so that God can get more glory mm-hmm. because as more and more people come into the kingdom, it will increase Thanksgiving and God will get more glory. Mm-hmm. And so he, he, Randy gave us this little analogy just to kind of help us think through that. And it's joy, J O Y. And I don't think he came up with, it. I think he stole it from, it's it's probably like some old school, like Christian thing yeah. he picked up along the way. Um, bracelets and VBS yeah, exactly, or exactly. But it actually, you know, despite it being maybe a little bit cheesy, it's actually super helpful. So the, the, the acronym stands for, um, for Jesus, others, and you. Wow. And so as we go through just, uh, what's driving us and what's our, what's our thought pattern in life, there, there should be a, there's a proper order to it based on what the Bible teaches and what the reality of life really is. And it's, it's Jesus, Jesus comes first. And what we mean by Jesus is Jesus, his person. And we talk about the P's of Jesus, right? His, his principles, his, his presence, his power, like everything that, that Jesus teaches and is about, um, his gospel, like that, 
should come first in our life. And so as we're doing our work, as we're doing our hobbies, as we're loving our families, as we're figuring out, you know, what college we want to go to, whatever, Jesus is the first place priority. Mm-hmm. And and all of our motivations flow out of bringing pleasure to him and letting more and more people understand how great he is. Mm-hmm. And then out of that flows the O, which is others. So then because we are so just in awe of the beauty of Jesus and we're just beholding his glory and we're just so in love and so full of worship, we, we then look to others and we want to, to serve other people. We want to share with other people the love of Christ. And then all the way down at third place is, is you. Wah, wah, wah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So not that we don't, we, right? The Bible teaches like, don't, don't completely disregard yourself, right? Um, you know, in Philippians 2, it says you should not only look to your own interests, but also to the interests of others. So the Bible isn't teaching and Jesus isn't teaching, hey, completely disregard yourself, right? You, you know, don't don't care for yourself. Don't, you know, think, self-deprecate yourself, all that stuff. That's not what the Bible teaches, but there's an order to it, right? And so as we're making our decisions, as we're, as we're evaluating our motivations and our thought patterns in life, this is a super helpful analogy. And man, it was very convicting, right? Like, because... I mean, Paul is saying it is all for your sake, right? All the mm. suffering I go through, all the work I'm doing for the gospel, it's all it's all for you so that God can get more glory. And what a way to live, huh? Oh, my gosh, yeah. And it's funny, as you're saying this, this might sound familiar to those of you, if you're listening, who may have been a part of Timothy Barley's kingdom of the VBC HSM mm. maybe like 15 years ago. You know, and he had this thing called the third place award. Nice. And he would do this at all the mission trips. And it was funny because that was, that was the idea. It was like, hey, for this Arizona trip, at the end of the trip, someone's going to get the third place award. And that's what it is. It's first place is Jesus, second place is everyone else, and then third place is yourself. Yeah. So it's, you give it to that one person who's like, yeah, they were exemplary of putting themselves last. But of course, inevitably, it just becomes like a, a contest. <laughs> so everyone's like, oh, let me pull this chair up for you. Let yeah, me pull this door yeah, for you. Because yeah. they just want the stupid award, you know, which is so funny. And I was talking to one of my friends about this recently, and I won't name his name, but the third place award came out, and he's like, oh, I never got one, and I wanted it so bad. And I asked Tim about it, and he, like, gave me the funniest look, and he's like, I would never in a million years give third place award to that guy. Ah, yeah, and they're good burn. friends, so he, he would say it to his face. It's funny. But anyways... Uh, yeah, third place award. So it's it's funny because kind of like what you're just saying, it's it's easy to take something like that and then kind of mis misinterpret it as like, oh, do it because you get something out of being last place, or mm. do it or, or diminish yourself to become last place or that. That's not the point. The point is just where's your head's at and where's your heart at. You know, as you're processing a lot of things, and Dan and I were talking before the podcast about a lot of stuff going on right now. You know, we're still seeing aspects of COVID for a lot of people that we're dealing with. Got elections coming up. We got, you know, tariffs and wars in Europe and gas prices and Roe v. Wade and a lot of really heavy things that we're processing as Christians. And it's just so easy to process them poorly, you know, Hmm. to subscribe to how the world wants us to interpret things. Even things that on face value are honorable. 
you know, the whole conservative versus liberal debate on every issue. Like mm. it's easy for us to fall into one side of the, uh, one, one of those camps because it seems to fall in line with more of our, you know, beliefs and things we desire. And yet we get so hung up in this process that we're not thinking about Jesus. We're not thinking about his ministry and, and his instructions. We're not thinking about others. We're thinking about what's going to make this comfortable for me. You know, what's going to make it easier for me and not have to be oppressed and not to be persecuted and all this kind of stuff. But no, that's not what Jesus, Jesus tells us, right? And, and one of the things I was thinking about this week is kind of along those lines, I think it ties in really well with, with the joy thing is just the danger of letting our mind run rampant, mm. you know, of, of the danger of whatever it is, whether it's politics or money stuff or, you know, relationships or whatever it may be, the danger of letting your mind kind of run down those rabbit holes. Because I think a lot of us get into this routine where we do that, something happens and we react a certain way and we get frustrated about it and we get worked up or we think about it a lot and just really stew on it. And then eventually we realize like, oh, this is not healthy, you know, hopefully we get there eventually. This is not healthy, whatever, I mean, the Holy Spirit prompts we us. We get or, smacked the bar side our face exactly. by somebody. Or, or a friend tells yeah, us what yeah. it is. And so we got to bring those things before the Lord. We say, Lord, I confess these things, change my heart, renew my heart and all that kind of stuff. And God's faithful to do that. But. I think a lot of times we could be doing a better job on our end to be more disciplined with our mind, to not have to go through that hurt first and then have the Lord have to heal us in that process. Because as we're doing that, a lot of things can happen. We can hurt people. You know, we can get into funk, which is what we were talking about earlier. And you know, we can misinterpret we things. We can lead people astray because of a Facebook post we made or yeah, whatever. Lead people astray. Yeah. And I was thinking about, uh, I'm teaching in the gathering tomorrow and one of the verses I'm going to bring up is, in Proverbs 4, um, 23, because it says, let me pull up the ESV, ESV version. It says, keep your heart with all vigilance, for from it flow the springs of life. And other translations say, be careful what you think, because your thoughts run your life. Hmm. And I think in Proverbs 29 or somewhere, it says, uh, as a man thinks, he is. You know, he hmm. becomes his thoughts. And that's true. I think that that's, there's a book by Craig Rochelle, you know, winning the war in your mind. And it's all about how our minds are Satan's primary battleground, yeah. you know, to, to win our hearts. Our minds are, are the first place he strikes and how he do, he's most effective is by corrupting our minds. And so, yeah, there's a lot of beauty and benefit to being diligent in, in winning the war in our minds from the get go and not letting it kind of go rampant and then trying to correct it after the fact, you know? So all that to say, whatever that issue is for you, you know, people, I always ask people when they're kind of talking about this kind of stuff, just what's, what's burdening you, man? Like what's, what's frustrating you this week? What is weighing heavy on your heart? What are, what can you not abide by or stand by this week? Hmm. Cause that answering that usually kind of speaks to the kinds of things your mind is really thinking about and focus on. Yeah. And so I would just say, Hey, do that process. Think what, what's hurting you and burdening you, what's frustrating you. And then have you been processing that with that joy mentality? You know, have you been looking at that and really frustrated because Jesus isn't being seen? Are you frustrated because Jesus isn't being given glory? Are you being frustrated because others aren't being loved and supported and, 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 and seen? Or are you frustrated because something that's you, you know, that third place? Yeah, and I think for myself and for a lot of us, that's what it is. It's, it's, it's the why, why, why of that analogy and not the J-O. So... Yeah, so it's just an encouragement of, of apply that joy aspect to that battleground of your mind this week. Yeah, you don't want to get stuck in a yoge type of situation, <laughs> right? Yoge is not is not where it's at. Well, and I I think as you were just talking about how our mind can run run rampant, 
I was just thinking about a couple passages where, where Paul says, basically, the, the war that we're waging is not against flesh and blood. Mm. In 2 Corinthians 10, he says that. In Ephesians 6, he says that. In 2 Corinthians 10, he says, because we're not waging the war in the flesh, then the weapons we use are not of the flesh as well. Mm-hmm. We actually have, have weapons that are given to us by God. They're divine in nature. And they can destroy strongholds. And he's like, what are those strongholds? They're arguments. They're lofty opinions. They're, they're things that set themselves up against the knowledge of God. And that is so important for us to understand that there is this battle going on. And, and the primary battleground is in our mind, right? And so, so much I think of what you're saying, it, that loop we might get into where it's like, oh, I got, I'm way in the weeds here. And now I'm repenting. But then we, I feel like we just slowly kind of slide back into the wheat. And then it's just yeah. this loop process. And God's so gracious and patient with us and praise God for that. But I wonder if the way to break that loop is to just think about what's our input, hmm. right? Because we're, we're getting messages all day long, whether we are aware of it or not. The, the, the podcast or radio shows we listen to the people that we sit next to in our cubicle, um, you know, the, the, whatever news channel we subscribe to, you know, like we're getting messages all day long. And I think, um, we have to just be careful. Like, are these messages, are they arguments or opinions that are setting themselves up against the knowledge of God? Mm. And it can be hard to suss out sometimes because they're, I mean, it's, there are some really kind of clear cut things that are happening politically where it's like, man, if you read your Bible, if you, if you subscribe to kind of the orthodox traditional teaching of Jesus and the apostles, it's hard to make a case for the other thing. You know what I mean? It would take whatever issue it is. Right. So sometimes it's really hard because we, we hear that, we hear that messaging or we, we get that input and we're just like, Oh, it's one, it's, it's one and the same as the, as the gospel or the Bible. And that's where I think wisdom and discernment comes, comes in. And so just ask yourself, like, what's my input? Like, what's my input ratio? You know, am I listening to 90% of my input from my friends and my colleagues and these news organizations and then like 10% from the Bible? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, and, and from the, the my elders at VBC and, and my small group and my accountability partner and my godly roommate or my godly wife, right? Like how much, what's the ratio? Because I understand wanting to stay connected to the issues and, and wanting to be able to argue uh, your stance, you know, in a, in a rational, logical way. But I almost just feel like if we just kind of evaluate the ratio that will safeguard us from getting, letting our minds run rampant. What do you think? Oh my gosh, a hundred percent. And I'm just thinking of this, like, for some reason I have this visual of like dirty hands, like stinky hands. Oh man. You know? Like if you had like a rotten fish and you're like, Hey, check this out. <laughs> if I catch it and I'm like looking at it and even if I like chewing it for a while, I'm like, you know what? I don't think this is a good fish. I'm going to throw it away. My hands stink, Yeah. you know? Yeah. 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 And eventually like, and that's that, that's that renewing process that God is faithful to do. Like you said, you know, he'll wash us clean, you know, yeah. but then eventually if I'm with that fish long enough, 
I'm gonna stink. Yeah, like I can try my best to wash it Not off. Just your hands. I mean, Ask Charlie. I was I was gonna bring up Charlie. It's like you know, these the, those of you, sorry, that don't know, he used to work managing a team of fishmongers. That's the term, the the fish butchers at Whole Foods, and you talk about this all the time during that season of. When he would come home from being in the, the fish section for eight hours, it does not matter how much you scrub your arms and wash your hands and even take a shower, like you come out and you're going to stink like fish, you know? It doesn't matter how good you clean, you're going to stink like fish. And I think it's the same with this kind of stuff is, is we, we get into this thinking, it's like, okay, yeah, but I'm, I, I'm good about parsing out what's truth and what's not, yada, yada, yada. But at the end of the day, you're still engaging with the things of the world, you know? Yeah. And with James 4, that friendship with the world is enmity with God. It just, mm-hmm. it just is. And, and, and there's just a level to, even if we're not sinning per se, there's a level that that stuff is going to corrupt the way we think. And what you think is what you become. Yeah. Yeah, it's good. I was even thinking too, I mean, uh, Entertainment has become so politicized and so charged up, yeah. you know, morally even. So I, and it's it's more subtle than than maybe like a Fox News or a CNN situation, you know, like. Yeah. It, but there's a worldview represented in the 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 shows you watch and the movies you consume, and and so I just think we have to be on guard against that kind of stuff too, right? Hundred percent, and and we're not, we're not. This sounds like we're really simplifying certain things. We're really not. We get how complicated certain things are. You know, whether it's a small thing or something big like abortion. Like mm. we totally get what's like how big that of an issue that is, and depending on what your story is and your history is, some of these issues might be really close super to your heart. Loaded, super, and super loaded, loaded and yeah. really trauma involved with that. But just it, it's important to recognize as we're doing that, you know, and as we're processing these heavy things. We got to name who the bad guy is here, mm. you know, because there's so many things like, like abortion is one of those and we're not going to get, get too into it right now. But sometimes people will, will talk about abortion and say it's a victim of, of, you know, a sexual assault or something. And that's a common thing you hear about why abortion should be okay. Yeah. Right. And we're not saying anything about your views, but that's an argument you hear. But the problem with this is that. The, what we should be mad at in this situation is not whoever is not letting that person get an abortion. What we should mm-hmm. be mad at is is sin. We yeah. should be mad at Satan, the person who sinned against this woman, you yeah. know? Yeah, yeah. And yeah, in this and every other situation, sin has consequences. It, it does. Mm. Even if it's not our sin, something, someone else's sin can have consequences in our lives. And that is sad and, and hard. And we need God's help to comfort us and heal us through that and understand why he in his perfect wisdom and sovereignty that he allows these kinds of things to happen in the world for his glory and for our growth. Mm-hmm. And yet that's the reality, you know? Yeah, yeah. So anyways, all to say, there's so many things like that where we get so hung up on the argument or so hung up on the movement, you know, or so hung up on the antithesis of that movement or whatever it is <laughs> yeah, yeah. that we forget, you know, that we have a very real enemy who is specifically working as hard as he can to keep our minds in the gutters and to keep us from seeing the person of Jesus in our lives. To yeah. keep us from from letting others see the person of Jesus through our lives, mm. so you got to keep that joy going as yeah, you're processing. Yeah. yeah, and Jason Wong, one of our elders at the crossing, uh, shared just on behalf of the elders on this issue of of abortion and just saying just an encouragement to us. Hey, as you're as you're navigating these conversations, whether they're online or at work or in your household or wherever. He gave us three things like to, to stay ground. He said, 
remember to let it be anchored in biblical truth and wisdom. It's talked about with gentleness mm. and considered with empathy. And so I think that I was so grateful for that reminder from our elders just saying, hey, wherever you land on this thing, focus focus on those three arenas and it'll really help you navigate whatever issue you're you're having, right? Hmm. Yeah, and and I was thinking about we were recently talking about just in line with that to Gary Stafford mm-hmm. who brought up John one. Yeah. But when Jesus came, he came with grace and truth. Yeah. And that's how we reflect him is by by having grace and truth and being completely uncompromising in both of those things, you know being totally unwavering in truth and yet being completely relentless in our love towards others and our compassion towards others mm-hmm. and our humility. And that's where the, that's where we get in trouble, right? That's where the, where the worldview of Christians is, is defaced, right? And yeah. diminished is because people weren't doing both of those things. They either went all in on just acceptance and love and they weren't sitting on truth or they were so about truth that they forgot to love people, right? Yeah. yeah. So yeah, all to say... I mean, this is a tall order, I guess. All to say, real just simple. Just be like Jesus. Just be like Jesus. Come just, on. Just keep that joy in your heart and <laughs> perfectly walk that line of love and truth and all will be well in the world. Oh, super easy, yeah. Yeah. Man, thank God for uh, for grace and mercy and forgiveness, right? Yeah. And I will say, thank God that, like we are talking about on Sundays, that even though we're not perfect, any of us, obviously we are sufficient. Mm. None of us are perfect ministers, but you are sufficient in Christ to do exactly what we're talking about. So yeah, glory to God for that. Yeah, absolutely. Cool. All right. Well, I think that's all we got for you today. I got the joy, 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 joy down in my heart. Where? Down in my heart. Where? It's down in my heart to stay, y'all. Down in my heart to stay. Wow. All right, y'all. Thanks for joining us for this one. Hope that was encouraging for you. If you haven't been, hey, come to a prayer room sometime and just join us in prayer together. See y'all on Sunday at both campuses. Hope you have a joy-filled, biblically-centered week. Until then. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening. Be sure to subscribe for future episodes of Behold. If you would like more information about Valley Bible Church or if you'd like resources from this episode, go ahead and check out vbc.online forward slash behold. Catch you guys next week.